talk about this uh, Supreme Court decision with regards to uh, the uh, college admissions, race and college admissions and stuff like that. First, I want to make a quick point, though. I want folks out there, because, again, this show is about looking at what's going on in the world, politically, pop culture, uh, through the lens of uh, Christianity. Biblical Christianity, not Christianity or Christianity trademark. Um, biblical Christianity. And biblical Christianity, uh, if you are a biblical Christian, a Bible-believing Christian, there is only one race, only one, just one. That race is human. That's it. And I'm not just saying that. That's, that's not a slogan or anything like that. There's only one race, and that race is human. Let me give you the biblical background for that real quick, the biblical support. First verse I'm looking at here is Acts chapter 17, verse 28. This is from Paul's sermon on Mars Hill. And he states, From one man, he, God, made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined their appointed times and boundaries of their lands. From one man, he made every nation of men. Next, we're going to go right to the source, Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That's a different sermon. Now, look at the Hebrew word because it says, oh, God created man. Right there, we're going to take a look at the Hebrew word for that. Adam, or what we call Adam. Or, you know, depending on where you live, Adam. The word Adam, or Adam, means man or mankind, all men, mankind, humanity. Next we go to Matthew 22, and this is one of my favorites here. Matthew 22, verse 19. This is where the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus by asking him whether or not it is right for the Jews to pay taxes to Caesar. So he says, starting in verse 19, show me the coin used for the poll tax. And they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. 
Now, the reason that this particular verse is indicative of there only being one race, it actually goes back to the segment that we looked at in Genesis chapter 1. The Jews understood what he was saying here. Whose image is this on the coin? Whose inscription is on the coin? It's Caesar's. Then render unto Caesar's that which is Caesar's. And when he said, and render unto God that which is God's, by extension, what he means is, render to God those things upon which lie his image and his inscription. And in multiple places in the Bible, it talks about how God's law is inscribed on the hearts of men. Humanity. There's only one race. There's no such thing as the black race. There's no such thing as the the Mexican race. There's no such thing as the white race. There's no such thing. None of those things exist. Further evidence. I am a surgical nurse. I have been inside and seen the insides. All of the insides of people of every different skin color. And guess what? They're all the same. Barring the occasional mutation, barring the occasional fun difference, they're all the same. So, only one race. Just one. So now that we've got that out of the way, and that's if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, you can believe whatever the heck you want to believe. I don't care personally. It makes no difference to me. But these are the facts. So I've presented from a Christian standpoint and also from a scientific standpoint. Only one race. There are multiple different cultures, but that gets into a discussion. Uh, that only goes back as far as the Tower of Babel and that's a totally different sermon, totally different discussion. Not going to get into that. Culture is culture. Doesn't mean different race. So, now, you're going to get my thoughts on this Supreme Court decision, and you're going to be surprised. I guarantee it, you're going to be surprised. I can. The liberals out there are salivating. Oh, yeah, he's going to say something just racist, and yeah, he's just, we're going to get him, despite the fact that I can't say anything racist because I don't believe that there are different races. Oh, see, he said something racist. The fact that he doesn't believe that there's different races proves that he's racist. Anyway, uh, another thing I want to point out real quick. Every time I have heard somebody accuse somebody else of racism, every single time, Every time, without fail, 100% of the time, when I ask them to define the term racism or racist, they refuse to do it. Now, here's the deal. If you do not know the definition of the term that you're using, you do not get to use it in your argument. Now, Back to my statement on the Supreme Court ruling. Here's the surprise. Drum roll, please. 
I think they're wrong. I think the Supreme Court got it wrong. The reason that I think the Supreme Court got it wrong, and, and this is now from a legal standpoint, from the Equal Protection Clause, yes, technically they were right. However, I don't think they went far enough. I think that the rule should be that there are no rules. This is where the libertarian in me is showing a little bit. I think that a college should be allowed to let anybody in that they want to let in. Period. If they want to use uh, racial uh, guidelines, then they should be allowed to use racial guidelines. Um, if they don't want to pay attention to academic standards, don't pay attention to academic standards. If they are more interested in really great football players or really great baseball players or whatever, and that's what their interest is in, then let them admit those people. And if it's a state school, then let the state set the rules. Okay? And then, you know, then you've got some cause to say, okay, you have to follow these particular type of rules. But if it's a private institution, let them let in whoever they want. But, but, but Doc, that's not fair. And, you know, they should be, a, they have diversity and it should be equity and equivalency and all of those ek words. No, no, absolutely 100% not. Because here's the thing. In a level playing field, the cream is going to rise to the top regardless. Okay? What, what, what has been created before, where they said previously that you have to let in so many of this type of person and so many of that type of person and, and in order for equity, you know, was wrong. That's wrong. Forcing these types of rules is wrong. No rules. If you want to let in only black people, if you want to let in only minorities, if you want to let in only white people, and you're a private institution, okay. I feel the same for, for corporations. If you only want to hire one particular group of people, even if it's, especially if it's for stupid reasons, like, like skin color. And that's a stupid reason. But if you want to do that, I think you should be allowed to do that. I think, again, the libertarian in me, you should be allowed to be as stupid as you want to be. I am not opposed to that, as long as it's not messing with me. Because if you're stupid, start stepping on my toes, we're going to have a problem. But ultimately, here's the deal. With these colleges, oh, Harvard and Princeton and Yale and Brown and, you know, Penn and all the, oh, yes, yes, and Rice and SMU and all of these schools and Ivy League and so forth, don't you know? All of these schools have a particular reputation. 
their reputation is based on their past. Okay? They're riding their reputations from their history. They got those reputations because they were extraordinarily picky about who they let in and because they had extremely high academic rigor. They don't have that anymore. And now, the only people who really think that they're elite are a particular geographic and, and political segment of society. And that particular political and geographic segment of society is shrinking every single day to the point where I guarantee you that eventually if Harvard is able to continue its practices of allowing people in based on their skin color as opposed to their academic abilities, then the product that they put out, the students that they put out, will be known to be subpar. And even though they can walk around and say, look, I've got a sheepskin from Harvard, and that might mean something in New England, it sure as hell ain't going to mean anything in Dallas, maybe Dallas. But it's definitely not going to mean anything in in anywhere else in, in, in the country. People are going to know. Oh, well, that's great. But we also know that the reason that you got there is because of the color of your skin. And that's, that is eventually going to become a reality that is going to come out. I'm not saying that black people can't figure this out. There are plenty of black people. There are plenty of brown people. There are plenty of Asian people. There are plenty of white people who are perfectly capable of living up to the academic rigors necessary to get a, a really solid law degree or medical degree or whatever degree. But what I'm saying is if you only pick based on, oh, this particular, this guy's from, or gal is from a particular color, or has particular junk between their legs and um, is attracted to this particular type of person and they lived in an inner city and didn't have the same opportunities as, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and all that kind of garbage. And that's all you're looking at, and you're not looking at their academic ability, then you're not going to be putting out a good product. Now, of course, you're doing that particular individual a disservice because you are putting them in a situation where they will not do well and where they will be accumulating an enormous amount of debt and they won't be able to, when they actually get out in the real world, they will not be able to compete. But the people who are making these decisions at Harvard and so on and so forth, they don't care about that. They don't care about the student. They care about how they look. They care about virtue signaling. Look at how virtuous we are. Look at how good we are. 
we're giving these people from this particular group degrees from our institution. Well, if they can't compete when they get out, if you're putting out a subpar product, eventually those really competitive law firms, those really high-level hospitals, those really high-level research firms are not going to be giving those people jobs because they have a sheepskin from Harvard or Princeton or Brown or wherever, whatever Ivy League school. This is why I think that the Ivy League school should be allowed to do whatever they want, because eventually people are going to realize in the real market that the product that's being put out from these schools is no good. But the product that is being put out by these other schools, where they don't pay any attention to that stuff, where they actually pay attention to merit, to academic ability, those guys are going to be the ones who are getting the job. And pretty soon, fewer and fewer people are going to be looking to get a Harvard degree or Brown or Princeton or Yale or whatever. They're not, it's not going to mean anything anymore. We're seeing this play out in the, in the uh, marketplace, in the business marketplace right now. Just yesterday, I got word that the head of BlackRock, BlackRock, who was the, the tip of the spear when it came to ESG, DEI, and CEI in, in the business world and forcing ESG and so on and so forth, has backed off and said that they're not going to do that anymore. Why? Because the backlash against ESG, DEI, CEI in the business world, against the business world, has been definitive and it has been devastating to the tune of 50 billion with a B dollars within the time span of six weeks. And that's just from three companies. $50 billion in six weeks. Might only be from two companies, actually. I'll have to look that up, but I think it's three. Target, Anheuser-Busch, and I can't remember the third one. Might be Disney, I don't know. But speaking of that, too, you've got Disney, who has been the vanguard of this whole idea of ESG and DEI. And what's happening to Disney well, they just got downgraded. Their stock just got downgraded yesterday. Why? Because it got to the, it's to the point now where people are saying, don't buy it. Used to be what they were saying is, oh, Disney's in a slump, buy the dip. And then when they come back, now they're saying, don't buy the dip because it ain't a dip. It's not a slump. Disney's going straight down. Their, their stock is now hovering in the in the $80 range at this point. But I digress. No, I don't. That's that's my point. The market works. If you put out a superior product, you're going to have a high demand. The only way you maintain a superior product is if you are very very picky about how you produce it if you are very picky about the raw materials that you use to produce it. I don't want to blow my own horn here, 
Don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm going to. I went to the number one school of nursing in the state of Texas. Number one. At least it was. I don't know if it is anymore. I don't keep up with those things, and that was a long time ago. But at the time, they only allowed 200 students in every year. It's exceptionally hard, or was exceptionally hard to get in. You had to have pretty much straight A's to get in. It was exceptionally hard to get in. Just getting in was an honor. And by the time you were in your... Uh, first of all, if, if you had a degree from this school, you're guaranteed a job when you get out. Guaranteed. As a matter of fact, most of us had jobs waiting for us by the time we were in our second semester. Not kidding. It was, it was that we had headhunters chasing us all over the place. We were getting job offers left, right, and all of, why? Because they had a great, they had great academic rigor. They were extremely picky about who they let in. I mean, they were really picky. They went out of their way to try to weed people out. It was, it was tough to get in. And now once you got in, they did everything they could to keep you. But they made sure that they tried to keep people out as much as possible. And the thing is, they didn't care about the color of your skin. They just cared about whether or not you could make it, whether you could compete. And if you could, you got in. And I graduated with the best of the best. 100%, no question. Absolutely no question. And that's, and the market was looking for that. Like I said, we had jobs waiting for us by our second semester. And if, if you graduated from this school, you're guaranteed a job. You, you, if you just walk in and say, I graduated from this school, and they'd be like, okay, I got a bachelor's degree from this school. You've got a job. That's all we need to know. That's how good the nurses that came out of that program were and maybe still are. Again, I don't know. I don't keep up with that kind of stuff. Same thing here with Harvard. Harvard, Yale, Brown, whoever, they wanted they wanted to do these ridiculous social experiments with their programs, fine. Do it. You're not going to put out a product that is going to be able to compete at a high level. It's a fact. It's just a fact. So, there you go. No such thing as race, or more to the point, there's only one race. That race is human. That's it. If you believe otherwise, you're wrong. You're wrong, and to the extent that you make decisions based on that kind of thing, you're going to make yourself suffer, and you're going to make other people suffer, and you're going to look bad. It's just a fact. Um, the Supreme Court was wrong. I mean... I guess technically, legally, they were correct according to the according to the law, but I don't think that they should be able to force private colleges to alter their standards, whatever those ha standards happen to be. If a college is dedicated to academic excellence, they should be left to be dedicated 
to academic excellence. If they are dedicated to social justice, whatever definition that happens to be this week, they should be left to social justice and let the chips fall where they may, because that is the way the market works. That is the way life works. If you like what you heard, please hit the like and subscribe button down below. Uh, tell your friends, family, share this out there to the friend, family, and people you think that this will annoy. Um, you can get my videos on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and uh, my podcast, The Doc Bryant Show, is available anywhere you can get podcasts except for Apple because I will not fill out their paperwork. I want to thank you all for listening very much, and I will talk to you all later. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. It's been a while since I've done some nerd news, and it's about time I did some more. I, I know, I know. I've been kind of really into the heavy stuff lately, and I like the heavy stuff. That's just... I, I like to get into the heavy stuff. I like to get into the, the intellectual stuff. But but I got some really cool nerd news. With a caveat. See, I approach this particular subject with a certain level of trepidation. Reason being is because we have been hearing rumors of this exact thing happening before. As a matter of fact, we've been hearing these rumors for several years now. Those of us who are fans, those of us who are... Uh, we, we've been very hopeful that these rumors were true and we have been absolutely crushed every time these rumors have come up because they have never been shown to be true. And so to the point where this has actually been the cause, at least for me and probably for a lot of other fans, to just give up entirely. If, those of, if, if, if you are out there now and you still don't know what I'm talking about, then maybe you're not so much of a fan. But there are those of you who are out there right now who are now thinking, could it be? Could it be? Well, here's the, here's the deal. There are reports, and these reports are coming from very credible sources, that it is finally over for Kathleen Kennedy. Now, like I said, we've heard these rumors before. And they have never proven to be true. Quite the opposite in, in many cases. However, uh, my sources, who are the same sources that you can check, one of them is Overlord DVD. He is available exclusively on YouTube. I have repeatedly reached out to him and asked him, hey, you need to at least uh, co-produce on Rumble as well. Join me 
and many, many others on Rumble because I don't even, I don't even post to YouTube anymore. Um, the only thing you can find of mine on YouTube are some old sermons from years ago. But be that as it may, Overlord DVD has been on top of this situation for, for a while. In conjunction now with Cameron Pasha. Cameron Pasha, for those of you who don't know, is a Hollywood insider. He's a scriptwriter, And uh, he has a source inside Disney and or Lucasfilm who is fairly highly placed. This source he has codenamed Sparrow so as not to uh, reveal his or her identity to Disney and or Lucasfilm. But Cameron Pashaw has actually met with this individual and has said that he, Cameron Pashaw, is 100% convinced. He knows who this individual is. He knows that this individual actually is highly placed in Disney and or Lucasfilm. So, lately, over the past month, I would say, the way that things have been working is that Overlord DVD has been receiving uh, leaks or, or reports from uh, walk-in sources and, and others that uh, he can't confirm, and, he, and this is normal, he reports them uh, if there is some kind of credibility to them uh, or possible credibility to them, he reports them as rumors because he has not actually confirmed them. But he's been getting these leaks and he'll report the leak. And then at about the same time, Cameron Pasha will get a call from Sparrow that says pretty much the same thing. And Overlord DVD will release it and then uh, Cameron Pasha will get an email from people saying, hey, uh, Doomcock is saying this, which this was Overlord DVD is, is uh, short for Doomcock. Um, Doomcock is saying this and then Cameron Pasha will call Doomcock and then they'll do a, a, a show together because it's they're getting the same information from different sources, which adds to the credibility. So DVD got a source uh, that said, and this was a walk-in source, walk-in source came to his Hollywood spies, his Hollywood spies contacted him. And normally walk-in sources are very questionable. He even states that in his videos. And this individual has stated that that's it for Kathleen Kennedy. It is over. Um, certain things that have been confirmed from previous rumors is that Bob Iger, who is the head of Disney, uh, had a meeting with Kathleen Kennedy and informed her that if Indiana Jones 5 does not make $900 million or more, then she's done. Because, and which is ridiculous to me, but at this, because she has destroyed every other Lucasfilm IP, intellectual property, ever. She's destroyed Star Wars. Star Wars is dead. 
Star Wars is functionally finished. It's over. Uh, she even destroyed Willow that nobody had thought about uh, since it came out. And then uh, she has now officially killed off Indiana Jones. And so she's been allowed to destroy Lucasfilm from having at least some functional IPs to now nothing. Lucasfilm has been razed to the ground. It has been destroyed entirely by Kathleen Kennedy. But anyway, Bob Iger told her that if Indy 5 does not make $900 million or more, then she's finished. Indy 5 is not going to make anywhere close to that. As a matter of fact... Uh, Indy 5 is likely going to lose them more money than any of their other movies that they have so far lost money on, that Disney has lost money on, which is a lot of freaking money, folks. And that's a story for a different time. Disney, Disney has not made a profit on a film, any film, for like three years now. And they have lost... Uh, billions of dollars, um, and and they are almost broke. Anyway, the uh, this rumor came to DVD that Kathleen Kennedy was finally done, and so DVD contacted Cameron Pasha to see if Cameron had heard anything. Similar. So Cameron reaches out to um, uh, Sparrow. And normally, he said Sparrow is a very laid back, very calm type of individual. And if he calls and uh, Sparrow can't talk, Sparrow will be, hey, you know, let me call you back. I've got something going on and then I'll, I'll call you back later. And then he calls him back or he or she calls him back later. Uh what happened at this point, when Cameron called uh, uh, Sparrow, I keep wanting to call Blackbird or Bluebird. Anyway, Cameron calls Sparrow, and Sparrow's like, things are going crazy at the office right now. I got to call. I, I can't talk. I'll call you back. Very high energy, very you know panicky type of thing. Hangs up the phone. Hangs up on, on Cameron, which has never happened before. So true to form, Sparrow calls back. And says, okay, here's the situation. Uh, Bob Iger told Disney or Lucasfilm IT to shut down Kathleen Kennedy's corporate email account. This has been now confirmed not only by insiders within Lucasfilm and Disney. They tried what's called pinging the email address. And when they pinged it, it didn't come back. The ping didn't come back, which means the email address doesn't is not functional anymore. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's not functional. It's been suspended. Cameron Pasha used a burner email account and sent fan mail to... Kathleen Kennedy's email account and immediately got a response that that email address no longer exists. Now it's been suspended, according to Sparrow. 
not deleted. And so a lot of people will think, well, if it hasn't been deleted, she could still come back. Because if anybody has come back from the brink of death, corporate-wise, more times than anybody else, it's Kathleen Kennedy. She has survived more than anybody. But, so they'll say, well, they didn't delete the account. And, and because they didn't delete the account, that means that it, it could just be IT is doing something and IT is doing IT stuff. And believe me, IT can do some weird IT stuff. I know a lot of IT guys. But uh, that because it's not deleted, then that, that just proves that she's not going anywhere. No, 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 no. Because, and DVD and, and Cameron Pasha touched on this in their joint show they didn't delete it is actually an indication that it is probably true that she's gone because by not deleting it they are keeping all of her previous corporate emails around for perhaps use against her or to find out what she has been up to there's a lot of discussion about uh, financial malfeasance going on at Lucasfilm to try to keep her in power there. So, oh yeah, another thing. Um, uh, Sparrow talked about the fact that five executives from Disney corporate showed up unannounced at Lucasfilm and had been given access to Everything. Everything. Corporate servers, email accounts. They've been given offices, files, everything. They had 100% access and they went through everything. This kind of activity, just from my personal experience, I've seen this kind of activity once before. And that was when a company was being sold. And these people came in and they inventoried everything and so that they could uh, produce a price to the potential buyer and say, okay, these are all the assets that are here. This is our price. This kind of meets up with the previous rumor that Lucasfilm was up for sale. Now, the original rumor was that, and this also came from Sparrow, by the way, the original rumor was that Lucasfilm was up for sale and that it was becoming apparent that the buyer, that not only was it up for sale, Bob Iger had called in a bunch of lawyers and said, put me up a proposal for a, a sale of Lucasfilm. And it wasn't just a hypothetical that there was a buyer. Well, it became more and more apparent that the buyer was an individual and not a company, which everybody at that point, DVD, Cameron Pashaw, they, they thought it's got to be George Lucas. George Lucas can definitely afford to buy it back. And... um and he would want to buy it back. He's like the only person who 
the only individual that they could think of that wanted to. Well, then a rumor came out, which is still up to this point. It's not been even close to confirmed. But a rumor came out that it was actually a huge Star Wars fan, a Star Wars nerd fan uh, from the Saudi royal family living in Dubai who hated what Kathleen Kennedy had been doing to Lucasfilm and had offered to buy it from Disney for twice the price that Disney had paid for it when buying it from George Lucas. Disney bought it from George Lucas for $4.1 billion. Okay? They, they way overpaid for it, but that's the way Bob Iger did at the time. The Saudi prince is offering $8 billion for Lucasfilm. That, again, so far not confirmed, but the the meeting of the lawyers to develop the proposal for the sale, the fact that there is a buyer, and the fact that the buyer is an individual, or is likely an individual, that's not a fact. Those things are pretty much established. Uh, the meeting did happen. Uh, the fact that they got a buyer is is actually true. So, those things coupled together, added with the fact that Disney is in extremely bad financial states, uh, even worse than I had heard. I had heard that Disney has, as far as liquid ass assets, currently on hand, only $200 million worth of liquid assets. The parks are empty, or close to empty, they haven't had a profitable movie in three years, maybe more. And that's across the board. That's Pixar. That's certainly Lucasfilm and Marvel. None of them, apparently, have made a profit. They have lost billions of dollars, billions of dollars on these movies. And... There's also the possibility, and this again is also, this is just a rumor, that they lost a uh, 30, a very large sum of money in uh, that uh, AFX, a ATX, I don't remember what it was, AFT, the, the crypto guy with the curly hair, that, that scam, that Ponzi scam. They apparently put a lot of money into that, hope, hoping that it was going to, you know, have a big return, and it just disappeared. So that's, uh, they're in great financial uh, trouble. $8 billion would go a long way, a long way into rescuing them. <laughs> now, predictions. Let's say this is true. And, and actually, I'll, I'll tell you this too. If we go back to the Wayback Machine, and I am not above saying that I told you so. I told you that Disney was in bad financial trouble. I told you that a long time ago. Disney's in bad financial trouble. I said that they were going to start selling off assets. And that the first asset that they were going to try to get rid of is Lucasfilm. Here you go. It's happening right now. 
Disney is still. Well, okay. It's hard for me to say this because I was thinking that Disney was not going to change their ways. Disney was not going to change their woke ways. I figured Disney would drive themselves into the ground. They would burn in and that that nobody would even want the Disney name associated with them. That part has come true as far as nobody wants the Disney name associated or to be associated with the Disney name. The Disney name is now trash. It is now garbage. It's That's just the way it is. You ask any folks on the street there, Disney name is, is worthless now. Uh, just like Bud Light, just like Target, same thing has happened to Disney. So we got that situation. That's kind of separate. If, if... The $8 billion sale is real. If the $8 billion sale is real, it would allow Disney to limp along and continue their woke ways for more time. Whether or not they're going to do that, now I'm questioning. I'm not sure. Whatever they do, I will say that it's probably too little too late. Now, from a fan standpoint, if Lucasfilm gets sold, if Lucasfilm gets sold back to George Lucas, it is possible, if it is handled correctly, that Star Wars could be revived. Indiana Jones is over. Lucasfilm will never have anything more than Star Wars after this. George Lucas is, is just, he's, he's too old. He's not going to be making any, any new stuff. There's not going to be any new stuff coming out of Lucasfilm. The Star Wars could potentially be resuscitated. They would have to uh, lock up basically completely erase everything that happened under Disney, under Kathleen Kennedy. It would all have to go away. It would have to be retconned, never to be released again. That would be my hope. That's the way that I would do it. Any Anything that was under Kathleen Kennedy would be gone, including The Mandalorian. Um, then, then things could, could probably move forward. Things could be expanded upon with a new creative mind, perhaps John Favreau, uh, definitely not Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni needs to go away too. He has, he has proven that he is unworthy. Uh, so it's a, it's, Almost a 50-50 thing if it's George Lucas. If, however, it is this Saudi prince living in Dubai, I, I know that Saudi Arabia is one of the things that they're trying to do is they are trying to become uh, a, a hub for uh, 
entertainment, uh, video game entertainment and uh, movie type entertainment. So it's definitely not outside the realm of possibility that they would want Lucasfilm. I have a higher degree of optimism if it is one of these Saudi princes or somebody associated with that movement within Saudi Arabia because they are all about results. They are all about business and they will know who loves Star Wars like John Favreau and others who would be good to put in charge of Lucasfilm and really produce good stuff. And they would be very sure to make sure that none of it was infected with the woke cancer. So, I'd almost rather see it go to a Saudi prince than George Lucas. Just just saying, that's just me as a fan. I would almost rather see that happen. So that's what's going on so far at this point. Once again, I want to thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard, hit the like and subscribe button down below. Share this video out there to your friends, family, and or people you think it will annoy. Uh, you can get my videos on BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble.com. And uh, you can get my podcast, The Doc Bryant Show, or Doc Bryant Show, anywhere you can get podcasts except for Apple, because I will not fill out their paperwork, and nobody listens to iTunes anyway anymore. Once again, I want to thank you very much for listening, and I will talk to you all later. Welcome back to the show, folks. We are going to do a twit hunting segment. Twit hunting is where I respond to various things that I come across in social media, usually Twitter because that's just the best hunting ground, but occasionally, as in today, from some of the comments that I receive. Our first uh, candidate right here is from the Democrats. This is from at the Democrats, and it was posted 8 a.m. June 26, 2023, and it states, Eight years ago, the United States Supreme Court made marriage equality the law of the land. Love is love. <gasps> Doesn't that just get you in the feels? Love is love. Oh, my goodness. That's one of the things that you can always count on with the Democrats or any other specious uh, group that uh, wants to uh, promote their ideals. Uh, they don't rely at all on logic, reason, uh, science, real science, not the science trademark, but actual science. They don't rely on those kinds of things. Critical thought. Definitely not. 100% don't do that. It's all about emotion. It's all about emotion. They use terms like equality and love. Guarantee you, and, and if you want to nail down a liberal, 
if you want to silence them instantly, if you want to make them call you some kind of epithet, all you have to do is ask them to define their terms. Immediately, I would be asking them, define marriage. Define equality. Define love. What do you mean by these terms? Because one of the things that the left does very constantly that they have to do, they have to do this in order to make their fantasy world real. And if liberalism, communism, socialism, wokeism, whatever ism you want to call it, prideism, if any of these things are anything, it is counter-reality. These are counter-reality movements. They are not based on reality in any way, shape, or form. As a matter of fact, quite the opposite. The whole purpose of these philosophies, whatever they are, whatever you want to call them, more to the point, because they're all basically the same thing, uh, at their heart, they are counter-reality movements. They, they despise reality because reality, they, they, they just despise it. They hate it. And so they want to create their own reality. They want to be their own gods that are capable of creating their own existence, their own reality. And so they must redefine terms. They must redefine institutions to their liking in their own image. That's what they are trying to do or what they tried to do with marriage. Now, they didn't really do that. When they say, oh, the U.S. Supreme Court made marriage equality the law of the land, we have redefined marriage such that it now means between a woman and a woman or a man and a man. No, no, that's still not marriage. I mean, you could call it marriage if you want to. That's not what it is. That would be like me going to my car, which is most assuredly not a BMW, and calling it a BMW. That's all that is. So when they call uh, marriage between a man and a man or a woman and a woman, when they call that marriage, that's what that is. That's me going downstairs and calling a Hyundai a BMW. And it is because it is. And, and it, the, I have now a group of people who wear black robes and are very official. And they have said that my car is a BMW. That doesn't matter. If the Supreme Court came out and ruled unanimously that 2 plus 2 was 5, that gravity goes up, they would still be wrong. And allow me to explain why this is. They the Supreme Court, 
were not the ones who created marriage. So they are not the ones who can define it. God was the one who created marriage. Only he can define it. Another reason why the left hates God. Not that they don't believe in him. They hate God. He instituted marriage. He is love. That's another word that they don't get to redefine. Now, you can call whatever you want love. You can say that sex is love. Sex is not love. Those are two totally separate things. They can go together in the right context, but they are not the same thing. They are not synonymous. So no, when they say love is love, that's not true. God is love. They hate God. God instituted marriage between a man and a woman. One man, one woman. That's it. They hate that. They don't like that. God gave us humans individual rights such that those individual rights cannot be defined or redefined by man. That's what the basis of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States is. They really hate that. This is why they are trying to destroy God in the public square. Because if you can destroy God in the public square, then you can, you can destroy objective reality. You can destroy objective right and wrong. And if you can up destroy objective reality, objective right and wrong, then you can redefine reality and right and wrong. You can convince other people what reality is, what right and wrong are, up to the point that you can garner enough power to yourself and your friends that you no longer have to convince anybody that you can enforce on everybody what you think is right, what you think is wrong, and what you think reality is. And that's where you get North Korea, folks, and make absolutely zero mistake whatsoever. That is exactly what the Democrats would love to do to the United States. They're going to fail miserably, but that is what they would love to do to the United States. So, there you go. That is my answer to that particular twit of a post 
let's move on to the next one. The next one is, let me get it up here. Uh, we've got this little gem from Jeffrey Levin. And he's got a meme. He posts a meme. And the meme says, uh, and it has somebody holding a, uh, it's a picture of somebody holding a COVID-19 vaccination record card. And the meme says, Republicans want an ID to vote. How about we use vaccination cards? Ooh, how very droll. How very funny. Well, here's my answer to that. They would love for that to be the case. They would absolutely, the left would love for that to be the case. My response to this particular post was, hey, I've got an even better idea. Why don't we tattoo a number on their right arm or on their forehead? That way, they don't have to carry a card around. Here's the, here's the facts, folks. Again, this is, this is North Korea-level stuff. He's not kidding. He is absolutely not kidding. The difference between the two, just so that we can be clear, the difference between the two is an identification card that proves your citizenship to the United States proves that you are a viable voter, that you have a right to vote in matters that affect the United States where you are a citizen, matters that affect you. A vaccination card is proof that you have followed party orders. And if you need a vaccination card to vote, then you can be sure to vote the right way. With just an ID, you can vote however you want. You got a vaccination card. You're going to vote the right way. Now, as I have stated before, the whole COVID-19 thing was simply a rollout. It was a, it was a beta test of what is eventually going to become a reality globally. There is going to be a time when, if you do not have vaccine card or in this particular, or a number stamped on your right wrist or your forehead, if you do not have the proper identification then you will not be able to vote. Not only that, but you won't be able to buy food. You won't be able to sell. You won't be able to work. That time is coming. Guaranteed. And that's another thing that I mentioned to our good buddy here who posted this ridiculous garbage. The world that you want, and if you're out there and you're one of the people who agree with him, 
I definitely want you to hear this. The world that you want, a world where you can redefine your own reality, where you can redefine marriage or love or equality or whatever you want, where you can make sure that everybody agrees with you and votes the way you want, and those who don't, you can kill them. And nobody will say anything. As a matter of fact, most people will agree with you. They'll help you hunt them down, where people will not be able to defend themselves against you. That day is coming. I promise you, 100% guaranteed, you will get your global one-world utopia, your global all-inclusive, accepting, diverse, one-world religion. I promise you, it is going to happen. Guaranteed 100%. Gonna happen. But it ain't gonna happen today. But still, I promise it'll happen. Alright, our next victim. And this is somebody I actually kind of agree with to a point. And here we have Kath at GraceLover712. She says, I might call those who love abortion and support the mutilation and sexualization of children monsters, but that doesn't mean I don't believe that monsters can't or can be... That doesn't mean that I don't believe that monsters can be saved. She's saying that she believes that these people can be saved. There is not a wretched sinner on earth that Jesus' forgiveness and grace cannot change. Folks, that statement, in and of itself, is 100% true. 100% true. Paul, the Apostle Paul, himself, referred to himself as the chiefest of sinners. He was a murderer. He hunted down and delivered up for execution his enemies. Okay? He was a vicious zealot. And God changed him. God saved him. So, it is true that no one generally is beyond salvation. That part is true. There are, however, because here, here's basically the way it works. While you were alive on this earth, you have the opportunity to repent, to change your way of thinking, to direct your heart towards God. And if you do that, God is faithful that he will forgive you of your sins and he will work in you and through you to produce good fruit. 
and righteousness. So that much is true. That is true. There are, however, instances where that becomes impossible, not because of God, but because of the individual themselves. This is where free will comes in. There is a certain point at which God is going to trop, God is going to stop trying to call you. He is going to stop putting little things in your life that are directing you towards him. If you ignore him enough, he will eventually say, "Okay, you've made your decision." And that's fine. You're free to do it your way. This, again, does not prevent you from becoming saved. This is not God saying you can't be saved. No. This is him acknowledging you have made your choice. I have given you your options multiple times. You made your choice. Okay. That's the way we're going to go. Nowhere is this better exemplified, in my opinion, than uh, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 is one of my favorite chapters. Romans is one of my favorite books. I call Romans Christianity 101. Um, it, it covers everything as far as Christianity is concerned. And Romans chapter 1 just explain stuff. It, it gives your baseline here. Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. I don't know, like, you know, redefining things that God has instituted, like marriage. Because that which is known about God is evident within them because God made it evident. He made us in his image. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore God gave them over in their lusts of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature, rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So there you have it, folks. And it goes on. It basically reiterates the point. But the point is this, if you make the decision that you do not want to follow God, 
that's fine. You have that right. We have free will. But again, you are not free from the consequences of your decisions. You're just not. If in life you make a bad decision, there are consequences for bad decisions. If you have chronic bad behavior, there will be consequences for the chronic bad behavior. That's reality, folks. And like I said, that is why the left likes to redefine reality. Because they don't like it. It's not fair. How very juvenile of them. But that's ultimately what liberalism boils down to, or progressivism, or whatever, wokeism, whatever you, you want to call it. It boils down to a lack of maturity. A belief that you are somehow... Uh, worthy of your own reality and 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 that you get to define your own idea of what is right and what is fair you don't god defines what is right and what is fair because he's god he's perfect you're not it reminds me of the old routine of saturday night live with uh, chevy chase on the uh you know, uh, good evening, I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. He's God, and you're not. He's the creator. You're what he created. Granted, you're created in his image, but you're not him. So, yes, you get to make your own decisions. You do not get to make your own reality. Finally, we've got one from the... Uh, comments of uh, my videos on, uh, in this case, BitChute, that's uh, BitChute, C-H-U-T-E, uh, dot com. And uh, I'm getting a bit of an interesting, weird following on BitChute. Uh, a very uh, heavily anti-Semitic type of following, and they're very angry with me because I am preaching the biblical Christ, and they don't like that at all. Um, I, there's one who is just my favorite so far, uh, Cindy Bear. Cindy Bear, shout out to you. I love your stuff. Keep it coming. Not kidding. Keep it coming. Uh, love you to death. But we get this one from and you're going to love this guy's name. No emotionalism here, okay? No hatred whatsoever here. This is his name. This is not me calling him a name. This is, this is his moniker. Christ Kike Killer Destroyer of Religitards. Take a look. If you don't believe me here, take a look here. There you go. And Destroyer, just call him Destroyer, uh, he, he calls me a very nasty name. He says, change, this is in response, by the way, to my video that God does not change. He says, change is a sign that something actually exists. There is no God, little g, so it can't change, you dumb f. Those are, those are his words. He he cut and this is I just love this guy. Um, 
thanks again, uh, Killer, and uh, keep it coming. I've already responded to him twice, but I wanted to, to point a couple of things out. First of all, again, the, here you've got the emotionalism. All right. You have a sweeping generalization and not even a good one. I'm not sure of the age of this individual, but I am positive of the maturity level, and it's pretty low. Uh, in my videos, especially when I'm talking about biblical things, I frequently refer to the Bible because that's where the information comes from. Okay? If I'm talking about something scientific, I will frequently refer to, like if I refer, you know, I'm talking about a particular subject, I'll refer to a study or something like that. Uh, or like a physical law, like the second law of thermodynamics, which is one of my favorites. Either way, I'm going to give some kind of reference a, a lot of the time. And, and if I don't and you have a question about it, you can ask me and I will find you the reference so that I can back it up. People like my beloved Cindy Bear, uh, who, and Cindy Bear's stuff is a lot better than Killer's stuff here. I'm not kidding. By a, by a mile. Cindy Bear stuff is a lot better. Um, there's no, even from Cindy Bear, there's never any reference to any actual documentation. Okay? Like, when I talk about Christ, I reference the documentation. And this is documentation that is not even in question. All right? And we can get into that. But the fact of the matter is, there have been a lot of people over the centuries that have tried to disprove the Bible. Nobody has yet. Nobody has. There have been archaeologists who have tried to disprove the Bible. And so far, up to this point, every single solitary archaeological find that has anything to do with anything biblical has only supported it. That's a fact. I, I have frequently said that if you want to discuss the veracity, the existence of God, the veracity of the Bible, I will be happy to meet you on the field of philosophy. I will be happy to meet you on the field of uh, documentation, histor uh, historical documentation. I will be able to uh, well, meet you on the field of science, of whatever. You name it, I'll meet you on the field. Mathematics, 100%. I'll go toe-to-toe, -to -toe. no problem. And But, you know, if you want to meet me on that level, you better bring documentation. Bring it. Now, if you don't meet me on that level, if you don't want to meet me on that level, that's okay, too. Like Killer here, uh, like Cindy Bear, you don't want to meet me on that level, that's cool, too. But I'm going to I'm gonna call you out. First thing I'm going to call out on, on Killer here is that he says change is a sign that something exists. Something actually exists, as opposed to uh, synthetic existence or virtual existence. Well, yeah, that's true. Change is a sign that something actually exists. My answer to this particular point was the color orange. 
is also a sign that something actually exists. Now, what he means to say by this, I'm sure, is that uh, change is an exclusive sign that something exists. And if something does not change, then it does not exist. He would be wrong on that point. He would be absolutely wrong on that point. But he didn't say that. He really awkwardly says change is a sign that something exists. Well, there's lots of different signs that things exist. Like I said, the color orange is one of them. But you can't say that if something is not orange, it doesn't exist. Likewise, you cannot say that if something does not change, it doesn't exist. Quite the contrary, as a matter of fact. Quite the opposite. Standards exist. Objective reality exists. Objective morality exists. Objective right and wrong exist. By objective, I mean it doesn't change from your point of view. It doesn't change because of the color of your skin. It doesn't change because whether you have boy junk or girl junk between your legs. It doesn't change because you're short. It doesn't change because you're tall. There are certain things that are wrong. There are certain things that are right. There are certain things that are real. If you want to go the level of science, we have laws. We have things that cannot change. We have constants. Hence the name. It is constant. My point here, when I hit him with, was, are you suggesting, then, that gravity does not exist? Well, obviously, he can't suggest that gravity doesn't exist. Gravity exists. And this is actually a two-parter here. I'm kind of trying to pull him in. I don't think I'm going to get anything further from him ever. Uh, but... I'm hoping to get something from him, but there's a reason that I use gravity. I'm not going to say why, but there's a reason that I use gravity because I want him to, to come in, you know, a little bit at that point. But fact is, there is such thing as a gravitational constant. Now, you can point out that the gravitational constant can flux, you know, and stuff like that, but there are scientific constants. Uh, I referenced the uh, second law of thermodynamics. There is no place that that law does not apply. The first law of thermodynamics, your law of, laws of thermodynamics. Okay, and we can get into quantum physics and stuff like that, but even in quantum physics, you're going to have some constants. You see, reality cannot exist without constants. Let's talk about a microcosm on standards. Let's talk about how the house that you live in was built. The house that you live in was built based on standards that do not change. As I referenced in the video, and this is why I don't think he actually watched the video, I think he just saw the title on the video and decided to throw in his two cents worth here. Another reason why I don't think I'm going to see him again is because he just saw the title on the video, commented on the title, and then walked away. As if, you know, oh, look at how smart I am. I don't even know what he said, but I'm going to comment on that title. But I digress, as I frequently do ask my wife. With the house that you live in, 
And as I pointed out in the, the original video, an inch is an inch. In the United States, in Europe, in China, in Africa, wherever you go, an inch is an inch. A centimeter, which is what I prefer, the metric system, thank you very much, Jimmy Carter, a centimeter is a centimeter, is a centimeter. Wherever you go in the world, it's the same. Let's go universal. Okay? <laughs> 2 plus 2 is 4. 2 plus 2 is 4 everywhere you go in the universe. Not only that, but 2 plus 2 is 4 Everywhere you go in time. This is why I love math. Because math is even better than science when it comes to uh, constants. 2 plus 2 was 4 a billion years ago. 2 plus, four, uh, two, plus 2 will be 4 2 billion years from now. And math exists. And your house that you live in was built based on that math. Not only that, but if your house was built in the United States, then the materials used to build your house had to meet certain standards. The two-by-fours in the walls had to meet certain standards or they could not be used to build your house. Those standards are constant. Now, they can actually change the standards this way or that, but right now, as we speak, the laws governing the standards for what a 2x4 that can be used in construction of a domicile are constant across the board for everybody where you live. And if substandard materials were used, you're going to have a structural failure. Want to talk constants? We can talk, and houses, we can talk about electricity. We can talk about wiring. I can go on all day. But change is not necessary for something to exist, quite the opposite. Constancy, standards, that, those, reality, objective reality, is 100% required for something to exist. 100%. And if you do not have those standards, if you do not have those constants, then you do not have existence. And again, I can go biological. We can talk about the cells in your body. I can talk about cells in your body. I can talk about the organs in your body. We can go to a, an atomic level if you want to. We can go to the, uh, uh, we can talk about atoms, uh, electrons, neutrons, protons. We can go subatomic if you want to. Either way, constants 
regulate existence. If there are no constants, there is no existence. Period. End of sentence. So, that's my twit hunting segment for the day. I want to thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard, please hit the like and subscribe button down below. If you think other people will enjoy what you heard or will be annoyed by what you heard, share this out there to all of your friends and families or, again, people you think it will annoy. Uh, you can catch my videos on bitshoot.com, odyssey.com, and rumble.com. You can catch my podcast, The Doc Bryant Show, anywhere you can get podcasts except for Apple because I will not fill out their paperwork. And apparently uh, Stitcher is shutting down as well, so you won't be able to get any podcasts there. Um, so there you go. Once again, oh, yeah. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, anything like that, you can hit me up in the comments, which is fine. I look for those. I look at those. Also, but if you know, if you want to get more conversational, uh, you can reach out to me at Doc Bryant Show, all one word, at zohomail.com, z-o-h-o mail.com, Doc Bryant Show at zohomail.com, and especially if you reach out to me on uh, there. Uh, on my email, I will definitely get back to you. 100% get back to you. If if you put little comments up there like this, it, it's kind of hit or miss on whether or not I decide to discuss. Uh, because like in a case like this, this was a very vapid. It's, it, there were, it's really, intellectually, it's a nothing burger. However, it afforded the opportunity to address certain concepts that, I feel are important. And if I feel it's important, then I'll address it regardless of, you know, what you post. So once again, thanks for listening and I will talk to you all later.